Welcome to episode 11 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Zatilli. I am joined alongside by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Today is Thursday, July 2nd, and Owen, tonight, we play baseball. It's opening day. Let's go. I'm so excited. I'm sure all of you are too. Let's go. We finally made it. We have live action for you tonight. Two games on hand, North Shore at Nashua at 6 o'clock and Worcester at New Britain at 6.35. And we have some exciting news. If you cannot attend in person, the Futures League has a brand new partnership with Blue Frame Technology. It's the official FCBL streaming network. And to purchase it, visit fcblnetwork.com, select a broadcast, and follow the purchase instructions. It is only $8 per game. And it's $99 for an all-access pass that will get you every game all season long. And through Saturday, July 5th, the all-access pass is only $75 for the whole season. That's a 25% discount, so act fast. Today, we have an awesome interview with Evan Morehouse, the general manager of the Westfield Starfires. He was my boss last summer when I was with the team. He's a good friend of both Owen and myself. He had a lot of great things to say about how they're prepping for their second year in the league and some expectations they have both with their returning cast of players and with some new additions, which you'll find Evan is very excited to share. So without further ado, let's get into Evan Morehouse and FCBL fans. We will see you at the ballpark very soon. Now here's Evan Morehouse. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. It is Evan Morehouse, the general manager of the Westfield Starfires. Evan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's about time. I've been uh, waiting for, for this call for a while, so looking forward to it. Well, it's a pleasure having you on. We talked to Danny earlier, so you're our second representative from Westfield, and this is going to be releasing on opening day, Thursday. So get amped. Baseball's here, and we're super excited for it, as I'm sure you are. Yeah, yeah, we're thrilled. Uh, hopefully I give you some good energy here for opening day. <laughs> uh, it's a big one. No, we're excited. Um, obviously, as you guys know, it's, uh, there's been a lot of work put into to making this happen. And uh, We had our first practice yesterday, and then we kind of reiterated that to the guys, that uh, there's been a lot of work behind the scenes to – to even have baseball this summer. So, um, you know, uh, obviously it, uh, it's a super exciting day for us and uh, we're really looking forward to it. So to jump right into it, uh, we're recording on Tuesday afternoon and you mentioned you guys had your first practice yesterday. What was it like to get everyone on the diamond together for the first time and kind of have those icebreakers, get a chance to see the team in action and just hear the crack of the bat again? It was good. I mean, hearing the crack of the bat again is um, it's a little bit different this year. It sounds off the bat are um, some things that maybe we might not be used to given uh, the influx of talent that we've had this season. But um, I think the biggest thing for us, um, for me anyways, personally, our, my message was, was all based on COVID stuff. Um, it's not the typical message you like to give players when they're coming to, um, to a league where they're, they're hoping to get looked at and, and improve their game. But Unfortunately, it's the, the reality we live in. So um, that was my message, just, uh, you know, trying to maintain some social distancing, um, some sanitary uh, high fives, just tapping gloves and helmets. Um, so it was a little weird and uh, we joke about it, but uh, this year I got to play COVID police. So, um, you know, that was, uh, that was different for all of us, I think, but um, the general 
feeling around Bowens Field yesterday was, uh, you know, super high energy, a lot of fun, just uh, big smiles, happy to see guys um, yucking it up and, and having a good time on a baseball field again. I think it's a, an image that a lot of us have been waiting to see for a long time. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, the high fives and stuff, stuff that's regular baseball stuff, no, like sunflower seeds, gum, all that stuff yeah. just won't be allowed because of COVID, and it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. We uh, we joke about, uh, you know, putting fines on guys, obviously not actually, but, uh, you know, we talk about can kangaroo court with a couple of guys who may get caught fitting once in a while, and, um, you know, it's tough. And, and we kind of reiterate that every day to them. Is it's, it's all – um, very different from, from what we're used to. And uh, it's going to take some time and everybody's going to do something that they, you know, they're going to spit on accident. And uh, as long as we're cognizant of it and we're holding each other accountable, I think that's players and staff alike and, and keeping an eye on it together. Um, we'll get there. It'll be some, like I said, some faults, but uh, we'll figure it out. And, um, you know, hopefully baseball is, is the, the, the one norm that, that continues. Yeah, staying on the COVID discussion, how were your talks with the town of Westfield and what was the biggest obstacle that you faced in trying to get the okay to play? Uh, I think for us was, uh, I mean, the, the talks have been great. Um, you know, we have a, a, a tremendous community. Uh, Mayor Don Hamilton has been fantastic with us um, and, and kind of worked hand in hand with us as much as we could have asked for to, to get this thing off the ground. I think um, the biggest thing is kind of going along with the state guidelines and, and the phases. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, us specifically, um, it's, it's the groups and, you know, we've been trying to get guys out to practice, um, you know, and, and really small groups in the last couple of weeks, but it's, you know, we have to follow the guidelines just as much as everybody else does. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying, we're, we're walking on eggshells, so to speak. We don't want to do anything that, that we shouldn't be. So um, they've been really clear with us and, and we've tried to follow specifically what they asked of us. And, and as long as we continue to do that, um, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be all right. And can you talk about some of the precautions that you'll be implementing at Billy Bowen's field in terms of both players and fans uh, kind of walk us through what it's going to look like in terms of concessions how fans are going to be able to buy tickets. Uh, last year, you guys featured the beer garden in right field, just kind of talking about everything that's going into your job logistics wise, making sure everyone's health is prioritized. Yeah. So, I mean, as, uh, as you guys both know, you've been to Bones. There's a lot of standing room there, uh, which benefits us uh, tremendously in terms of fans. Um, we are going to have some seating arrangements that are uh, marked off by seats. We actually have two tone seats in the grandstand, which, uh, it's huge for us because we can uh, tell fans specifically which color seats to sit in, uh, which are all well distanced. Um, and again, back to the, the a lot of standing room, uh, the beer garden will be back, which is great news. Um, Starfire IPA is be pumping out of the, uh, the beer garden for sure. But um, again, it's, it's a little bit easier to social distance in the standing room only. Um, we'll have some areas marked off, um, a lot of signs, a lot of signs around the park that reminds people to social distance. Um, you know, asked to sanitize. Uh, tickets will all be done uh, mobily. Um, for the most part, we'll have a, a few that we offer at the box office, um, which will be a limited kind of hand-to-hand -hand transaction. It'll be, uh, we'll hand a ticket and they'll take it and drop it in a box for us. So it's not, it's not exchanging too many hands. Um, and in terms of players, I mean, again, it's, it's, we kind of work with the league on that one. And um, you know, I think as Owen mentioned, no spitting, no seeds, the high fives have to be limited. 
um, something new that, that we're going to do. Can't speak for other teams, but uh, we'll have our starting nine in the dugout only, uh, potentially with a bench player or two. Uh, and the remaining players will be down in the bullpen on bleachers, socially dis distanced uh, seating. So uh, a little bit different uh, in that sense. Uh, Fans-wise, again, go back to that. Um, it's just uh, the onus is also on us, you know, as much as it, it's on them to um, kind of remind themselves in their own head social distancing. Uh, for us, it's our job to be there and help guide them through uh, things that might be new to them when, when showing up to Bullens Field. So you just mentioned that your players will be like down in the bullpen. So you like, or how will your manager call pitchers that are like bench? Will it be the same thing as the bullpen? There'll be like, yeah, similarly. Yeah. So we have walkie talkies um, that will, our staff will have, um, we'll, we'll have uh, three coaches there this year. Um, likely last year we operate, we had a, one of the players hold a walkie talkie. And if that's the case this year, it will be the same guy. Uh, hopefully every day. Um, obviously we've got some, roster lineups changes that that may change but um walkie talkies uh, to keep it simple uh the good old uh you know one arm wave will uh will stay stay part of the game so a uh, little weird for sure I, I bet uh probably a little bit weirder for fans looking down at a bullpen and seeing uh 25 guys rather than your typical 10 or 12 but um no we'll we'll make it work so how's that going to work with the hitters is it going to be like a like a certain swing direction to try and call them back to the dugout or yeah I, I don't know how we're gonna we're gonna make that happen but uh <laughs> no we're uh we're working on it like I said every day it's uh we got something new that pops up and and something goofy and um I think for us and and, and this whole thing is trying to keep it light with our guys um yes it's it's very different and tough to to stay focused on but if we can um, keep it light and uh, make the most of it then uh, we'll be all right before we return to our interview with Evan Morehouse, we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors, ChangeUp. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting edge player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level, take notice. Changeup is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit Changeup's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. Changeup. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Evan Morehouse. So transitioning now into talks about the team's performance on the diamond and how you're excited for this summer. Last year, you guys struggled a little bit, which is certainly not uncommon for a team in their first year in the league. How do you guys plan to reload in year two and what kind of added motivation does last year's performance add onto what you guys are trying to attain this summer? Uh, I, I think the motivation started uh, as soon as the last game ended. Uh, you hate to, nobody likes losing, uh, specifically me. Um, but I think uh, that was kind of a smack in the face for us. So we got a lot of work to do. Um, granted, you know, yeah, you can say we, we put a team together in six months. and um, But so be it. You know, at the end of the day, we're, 
we're about winning baseball games and we needed to uh, make a lot of uh, changes and bring in people that um, would continue to help us get to the, where we want to be. Um, and, you know, we've brought in Hunter Golden this year, who's a, a new director of player personnel um, with a, a heck of a track record. He's, you know, won two NECBL championships, the Valley Blue Sox around the corner. Um, so he's, he's put a lot of quality rosters to get together. And uh, he's done that again this year twice. Uh, we had one roster. And then when COVID hit, we had to revamp the whole thing with losing host families and, and so on and so forth. And um, he's been an absolute warrior through all of that. Um, and, and again, as, as I think you guys will see this year, a lot of top talent locally. Um, and we brought in Tony Deschler as a new coach this year, as assistant uh, Kyle Bernier, uh, both great, great guys, uh, really personable and um, have been really bought into this whole thing since day one. And uh, even still through COVID, um, they've been uh, nothing but positive and, and understanding of the situation. And uh, they've rolled with the punches. So now, um, you know, we have our core group of people that, that uh, we think is going to put the best team on the field. And um, I think you guys will see that. Uh, we, like I said, you know, in terms of the talent, uh, this, this team this year is what we kind of envisioned uh, when we first started the team. It's, uh, it's pretty much um, a Western Mass all-star team, so to speak. Uh, if you go up and down our roster, you'll see some of the best players uh, that have come out of Western Mass in the last four years uh, are on this team. Um, a lot of guys, uh, Nick, Nick Domkowski being one of them, Andre Marrero, both West Springfield guys, uh, Drew Martino, excuse me, from Pittsfield. You know, the list goes on. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And now it's up to those guys to uh, put it together on the field. And how valuable is it for you guys to have a director of player personnel, as you mentioned, Hunter Golden last year, obviously just trying to assemble a roster and figure out the logistics of host families. Now that you've done one lap around the FCBL circuit, now you have a guy in a completely new role and you mentioned a new field manager. So what is it like just to have that new energy and those guys in the locker room and now finally talking to the players on the diamond in practice? It's great. I tell you what, it takes a whole bunch of stress off my plate. That's for sure. Um, you know, last year I was trying to kind of flip double duty and, and build a roster and also, um, you know, worry about our uh, sponsorships and, and, you know, field maintenance. And there's a thousand things on my plate this year. It's been nice to have Hunter who um, not only does that stuff, but is, uh, you know, like I said, his track record's incredible. He really, he's really knowledgeable about what he's doing. Um, extremely well connected with uh, the baseball world, the baseball circle. And, uh, you know, he's been nothing but fantastic, a great ad for us. And, um, you know, is his communication level is uh, bar none. I didn't go a week last winter without hearing from Hunter Golden at some point or another, whether it was eight in the morning or 1030 at night, as I like to joke with him, but um, he's been fantastic. And then, like I said, Tony, um, uh, younger this year, younger uh, coach than, than we had previous, um, but it has brought uh, kind of that younger energy to the group. Um, and is again, since he's been here, uh, it's been uh, an absolute joy. And to see them finally put their vision together, because uh, it's been less of mine and more of theirs in terms of the personnel that are on the field, uh, to see them kind of light up yesterday with – um, the guys that they've talked about for the last five months 
finally, um, you know, see some guys put some over the left field scoreboard was uh, pretty exciting. Last year, again, we talked about the record, but you guys did have some bright spots. Jack Fox broke the strikeout record for the FCBL, and Thomas Joyce was the batting champion. What was it like to have those guys on your team and break those records just in your first season? Uh, that was awesome. Um, you know, again, things you don't really think about prior to a season uh, when you're trying to put a team together so late. Um, that really wasn't something that was on our radar. We weren't putting together guys to try and break records, but um, to your point in a season where there wasn't, weren't a lot of bright spots, um, those two obviously pres provided some, um, some exciting baseball for us down the stretch in the middle of the season when those, uh, you know, those achievements became realistic for them. And um, I think on top of that, uh, and Matt could, could attest to this, uh, both Jack and, and Thomas are just elite human beings, um, and they were phenomenal to just have around the ball field every day. And, um, you know, both also uh, elder statesmen. Uh, they were both uh, seniors last year at uh, their respective schools. And, um, you know, they, they provided a, a, an incredible amount of leadership for us. Um, and we're also able to, to keep a lot of guys positive and, you know, oftentimes not very positive um, environment. Unfortunately, Fox and Joyce won't be returning, but you guys are returning a number of players, including Danny Crossan, Chase Jeter, Dolan O'Castle, Devin Kellogg. What's it like to have those guys back on your team and kind of provide leadership for some of the new guys on your team this year? They're, uh, they're great. Again, kind of fits that mold um, that I spoke of with Thomas and Jack. Uh, again, elite human beings. Um, and, you know, you talk about, um, you know, we obviously want to build a team around quality athletes and, um, put a winning product on the field. But uh, for me, um, and I think for a lot of people in this office, it starts with the quality of the person. And uh, those guys are some of the best, um, can hold a conversation with the best of them, especially OC. That guy talks like you don't believe. Um, but, you know, we're, we're thrilled to have them back. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them, it was on their own doing. Um, you know, they reached out to me and, and Hunter and, and expressed interest in, in being back here, um, which I think says a lot about uh, our group and, and how much, you know, we, we are invested in our guys that are here. Um, you know, they become part of the Starfire family. And, uh, you know, I think for us to have them back and kind of, we talked a lot about, a lot last year about setting the standard um, for what we want the Starfire's team and, and brand and organization to be about uh, and those guys um, exemplify it uh, to the fullest extent um, you know again they just uh, they wear the crest well and um, hopefully that's something that the new guys this year will feed off of. And on top of having that character and just that starfire mold how valuable do you think it's going to be to have players who've gone through the summer ball circuit, especially with the season reduced from 56 games to 39, with it being more of a sprint than a marathon and having that room for a losing streak to be so much more significant where, you know, you only have so much time to string together a good regular season. Yeah, I think, you know, they certainly will bring value in that sense. Um, and I, but I think also, you know, something we've talked about, Matt, exactly is what you just said, is there's very, uh, you know, small room for error here. And uh, I think that message, whether it be from the coaching staff or other players who've been through the circuit, has been uh, conveyed um, pretty clearly. 
you know, like you said, a, a five-game losing streak could, could end your season. Um, hopefully for us, we're in a place where it doesn't. Uh, but that's just it. You know, we, we talk about, you know, maybe in a 56-game season, these first 10, 12 games, you're trying to feel guys out and figure out, you know, who belongs where and so on and so forth. But realistically, you know, maybe we got two games for that. But, um, you know, in a 39-game season, you're balanced. You know, same thing that you guys will see when the MLB starts up. You know, the 60-game season, uh, it's going to be the same idea. You know, we have to be ready to go right from Jump Street. And uh, if we're not, then we're going to have to fight and claw to get back into a playoff spot. So we talked about the returning guys. Let's talk about the new guys. Specifically, according to your roster, you're bringing in top pro prospect from 2019, Mark Coley. What's it like to have him on the team? And you, can you talk about the other talent that you guys are bringing in this summer? Of course. Uh, Mark's, Mark's a funny one. We signed him uh, about 48 hours ago. Um, so you guys, you guys saw that roster. And the, probably, I had probably just put that name up there when you saw it. Um, you know, he called and expressed interest. We had spoken to him, you know, throughout the off season to see if he was interested, obviously somewhat assumed he would be either playing in a different league or if he came back with Pittsfield, um, you know, so with Pittsfield being out other leagues being down, uh, we were the option and, uh, he, he showed up to practice and, and didn't disappoint by any means. Um, I think we lost about a half dozen baseballs yesterday off his bat alone. So, um, he's certainly going to be fun to watch. There's no question about that. Um, he proved that last year. Um, but uh, you look at some of the other guys in our roster. I mean, uh, Reggie Crawford, who's coming in from UConn, uh, was drafted out of high school by Kansas City. Um, but uh, the way his freshman year went at UConn, or shortened season, I should say, went, um, I would imagine that that uh, – that draft class is, is going to be uh, something he has his eyes on. Um, he, uh, he was putting up video game numbers at UConn. Uh, I don't know them off the top of my head. I just know they were better than anything I could do in a wiffle ball game. So um, he's going to be someone to watch for sure. Uh, a couple of our local guys that we're thrilled to have this year, Ramon uh, Jimenez from BC, a Chickpea Mass native. Um, he's been one of the guys that's been at the field almost every day. Uh, I've, I've gone, you know, maybe one, one day a week where I don't hear from him. Um, you know, he's, he's an absolute, uh, animal when it comes to, to getting his work in. Um, Andre Marrero, again, somebody I've already mentioned, uh, somebody that, that we'll keep an eye on and, and Nick Domkowski on the Hill as well. Um, uh, you know, we were fortunate, um, you know, to have these guys that are coming from, you know, what we thought were going to be Cape League players um, and even any CBL players to an extent. But um, we're thrilled to have them. It's, uh, like I said earlier, it kind of brings a little bit of a different energy to the ballpark. Um, and hopefully, you know, you see that uh, when the fans show up too. Hopefully they're able to see um, really the, the quality of ball player that we have in the park this year. Uh, because it is, it's, you know, not to knock any other uh, roster that, that the league has seen before, but it's, it's a different talent pool this year. And uh, it's going to be some of the best baseball a lot of people will see. Yeah, it's ridiculous how many teams are loaded this year. And you guys yeah. fully just puts that on a whole new, whole new pedestal. Absolutely. So another new addition to your team is Stella Starfire. Can you tell us about her and what went into bringing her in this summer? Yeah, actually, um, 
my middle brother, I have two younger brothers, and one of them still plays college ball. And uh, we typically go down to Florida every year to see him play. And um, just so happens my older sister lives down there as well. So that's kind of the family's time to uh, see her and, and see, um, you know, my niece and uh, my brother-in-law. And uh, we do a family dinner every time we're down there. And she works at Disney. So she's obviously got the creative gene in the family. And um, it was something she, she brought up at, at, a, at a dinner party. And so, well, you guys need a mascot. And uh, not something that was typically or, or really on our radar much uh, going into the season. And that just got the ball rolling. I, I think uh, my father fell in love with it uh, from the drop of a hat. And uh, I had nothing to do with it. They were on, those two were on the phone more than, you know, I was talking to my own father here. So um, they kind of, uh, they formulated that whole thing. And, and CT and those guys did a, um, a casting call for, someone that would come in and, and we found our Stella and um, you know, our, our plan this year for has changed a little bit. We, you know, we hope that, um, you know, she'd be somewhat of an MC throughout the game, so to speak, and, and be part of some of the promotional things that we're doing. Uh, and we're going to have to rework that just like we've had to rework a hundred percent of what we're doing this year. So uh, really, I, we're really excited about her. She's high energy and, and she's a, a great uh, brand ambassador for us. And uh, we hope to have her out in the community a lot um, and be available for, for just about anything Starfire related. So, um, you know, hopefully fans uh, take to her a bit this year at, at Bowens Field and, and hopefully we can um, really present her in a way that, uh, is both really positive for everyone at the game, but also, um, again, along the guidelines of, of COVID. Now, you just alluded to it. You come from a pretty prominent baseball family. Your father, Donnie, one of the two co-owners of the team, and your younger brother, Sean, played for the Starfires last summer. You know, what is it like to have that environment in place for you and just to get a chance to see Sean on the diamond and have that relationship with your dad along with CT in charge of the ball club who really launched this whole operation last summer. Yeah, it's special, you know, it's, um, you know, in theory, I, you know, I work for my dad, I guess, but uh, you know, so that's an odd dynamic, but um, you know, to, to, to kind of have a, and CT, we used to joke, you know, my father and CT go back a long ways and uh, we used to joke that, you know, CT was the long lost uncle. We, we never had, he's uh, fits into the Morehouse mold really well. And, um, and, uh, you know, obviously being his own person, but just someone that, that we love being around every day and, um, to have Sean part of the inaugural season, uh, obviously very special for us to see him go out, uh, opening day raw, uh, lineup, um, uh, being announced at first base was, uh, it was certainly, I think an emotional night for everybody in our family. Um, but you know, again, and this has been joked about, um, and, and the local news as well, we're a hockey family originally, you know, so this baseball thing is, is kind of different than what we're used to, but, um, you know, it's special and getting to continue to watch. Uh, he plays at, at my alma mater at Westfield State, Sean does. Uh, so uh, getting to go back up there and watch him play some games and relive some old memories with the alumni that are at games is, is special. So um, it's a, it's a great dynamic and, um, you know, we still got one of the, the youngest Morehouse brothers still hanging on to hockey. So he's our last hope that maybe he doesn't fall into this whole baseball thing. But, um, you know, it, it is. It's great. And uh, Mrs. Morehouse, my mother, you'll see her at the games working the, uh, the uh, beer garden out back. So it's a true family affair. 
Um, you know, it, it's work to an extent, but, uh, you know, as I always say, you get to go to the ballpark every day. You can't really complain too much about doing work. Um, and, and, you know, when your whole family's there, it just makes it that much better. So we'll get to the hockey stuff in one second, but I wanted to ask about the Westfield ties first. So you mentioned it, you attended Westfield State, and baseball has deep roots in the town of Westfield. What is it like to be able to provide fans an outlet to watch baseball, especially this summer? And what do you think this team means to the community going into your second year? Uh, well, I hope it means a lot. Um, I know how much this community means to us. Um, you know, like you said, I've grown up here my entire life, high school, you know, elementary school, high school and college. Um, and, and they've been incredible to us. And, and it's my, you know, our goal to, to give them with something to be proud of. And I think that was probably the toughest part for me last year. Um, you know, Westfield is considered title town, so to speak, when it comes to, to local sports. Um, and for us to not kind of be in that conversation ate at me quite a bit. Um, but again, just an incredible community and, and the support and even our work with Babe Ruth, you know, we share the field with Babe Ruth, um, you know, Dan Welch, who's, who's been running Babe Ruth since I was playing there, um, has, has worked hand in hand with us to, to make this thing possible. And, um, you know, we, we want to do whatever we can to, uh, make this community proud of us. And, um, you know, usually that, that starts with winning, but, um, if we can add something to the community in a, in a way that provides hope in our current situation, um, and, and something to do, uh, something to get out of the house for, uh, that's the ultimate goal. You know, we, whatever we can do to give back to them after, um, they've given so much to us, uh, you know, we couldn't ask for anything more and, and we're going to continue to do that, not just in the current state, but hopefully for years to come, find ways to um, really give back to a community that's uh, really close to us and special to us. So now moving on to your experience on the ice, you were a two sport athlete at Westfield State. You have an extensive background in hockey. What is it like straddling those two seasons, both in your roles in hockey and then having to serve as GM for the Starfires in the summer. And what does hockey mean to you and your family? Uh, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it means the world to us. I, I never envisioned uh, being a, a baseball college baseball player growing up. It just kind of happened that uh, it fell that way when I was, um, you know, my senior year of high school, I got asked to go play uh, Westfield state and, um, you know, I that never even crossed my mind that I was going to be a baseball player, but the opportunity arose and I ran with it. And the best decision I ever made in my life, uh, some of my the best friends that um, to, to this day I, I met at that school. But in terms of straddling it now, I you know, I just started down at uh, Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, um, which was a, a big change for me. Um, but fortunately, you know, the seasons are, are at two different times so they don't clash in terms of games and um you know i, I actually just had a, a brown athletics meeting this morning so um i, I juggle them hand in hand and the, the thing that um is was really important to me in my decision to go to brown uh, and start work there was um the staff there that was uh, so welcoming to the idea um it's kind of tough to to tell uh, an athletics program that, Hey, Oh, by the way, you know, I do this thing where I'm, you know, got to run a baseball team in the summer. And, um, you know, they were really receptive to that and, they, and they've been super supportive and even 
I was previously at the University of Vermont, um, you know, which, which is awesome, which something that I really love about the hockey community um, is that it's very tight knit and it's super supportive. Um, everybody in hockey uh, it, it has each other's backs and um, I still get texts from, you know, both administrations asking me how the season's going. They're pretty much invested in it as much as I am. They want to know who's playing and, um, you know, they got, they got the gear at their respective schools. So uh, it's great. I mean, you know, it's, it's not that difficult to judge and having Hunter and Tony uh, this season as a full 12 month period, uh, be more involved with the baseball side of things and the roster construction um, has taken, like I said, a lot of load off my plate. So um, it's been easier to juggle and um, you know, it's been easier to focus on each one and, and really, I can put my best into each uh, at this point now that I have that support and I, I have that help uh, from this great group. So athletically, which one are you more superior at hockey or baseball? Oh, geez. Uh, that's a tough question. I, I'd say I recently, my recent years, I'd say baseball. Um, I couldn't hit for a lick, um, but I could play some pretty solid defense and uh, call it, call an average baseball game behind the plate. So I would say baseball, um, don't ask me to do either of them now because, uh, my knees are pretty much gone, but, uh, yeah, it's, I still like to play both if I can, but it's really, like I said, it's not, uh, not enjoyable for, for my knees by any means. And then going a little off the, off the grid a little bit, you made a nice little hype video on the Starfires, uh, social media for this upcoming season. Have you been into video editing for long? Because that was very tight looking video <laughs> thank you thank you yeah um that's something i've had a huge passion for uh since college um uh, i think uh a friend of mine or, or maybe my parents got me a, a gopro camera uh for vacation one year and uh you know had it underwater and had it on my head and playing frisbee and all that stuff and i was really fascinated uh with the footage and the creativity that comes out of it um, there's, there's really, the possibilities are endless between, um, you know, not only the footage, but the music and the sound that goes to it. Um, it's something that has become a huge hobby of mine um, and, and something that if I have an opportunity to um, create something, I love it because it, it, like I said, it, it opens that, um, it opens your mind a little bit to the, to the possibilities and allows you to uh, really I like to visualize it before I make it and then see if I can do it. You know, like that video that you guys saw, which um, one of the, you know, not to toot my own horn, but one of the best I think I've ever made uh, was something that I envisioned and did, I didn't even meet exactly what I thought it would, would be, um, you know, but it, it's again, something I'm really passionate about and a nice hobby to uh, keep my mind at ease and, and get me away from some of the stresses of, of sports life. Well, I hope we'll see that little DJI uh, doing some time lapses at Billy Bowen's this summer. It'll be out there. It'll be out there. Some video content. Love yeah. to hear it. And before we transition into our final segment, what's a message that you want to share with the Starfire fans as we launch into the season with opening day happening tonight on release day? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think um, to our fans and fans across uh, the Futures League and across baseball, um, they've been so patient uh, and it's, uh, we owe them a huge thank you, and, and they've been so invested uh, in us, even just asking if we're going to play or what they can do to help. Um, uh, we're just so excited to finally give them something to, to look forward to and, and something to 
to do really, you know, instead of sitting at home, um, they get to go out somewhere and, and watch baseball. And uh, we're so fortunate to have the fans that we do. Um, and, you know, they're, they're what make this thing tick and they're what make it so enjoyable for all of us uh, is to put some smiles on some faces. So a huge thank you to them. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll see a lot of them down at Billy Bones this year. So, Evan, this has been awesome so far. Uh, we wanted to move on to one final segment. It is called Quick Hits, and it's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. Saw you guys got the sweet new 10-year patch on the side. I got my Starfires hat in my closet, wear it with pride. So they, they provide some quality headwear. Sharp, sharp hats. Ready to rep it. Uh, so we have a couple more questions for you, for our audience to get to know you a little bit better, to get inside oh the head of Evan Morehouse, if that's cool with you. Ready to roll? I don't, I don't know if they want to do that, but let's give it a shot. <laughs> All right. Let's try it out. All right. Who's your favorite all-time teammate? We'll stick with baseball first, but maybe if you want to give a hockey to just anyone oh. who in your athletic career that you instantly just have had the pleasure of sharing your athletic experience with. Uh, I'm going to catch so much heat for this, but um, I'll say Kyle Murphy. He's a, a Westfield kid that uh, probably my best friend growing up. We went to Westfield High together. We played Little League together, Babe Ruth, up through Westfield High, came to Westfield State, played together, lived together in college. Uh, one of my all-time best friends. Um, so I'll put him on the spot as uh, my best teammate. Was he a good teammate? I don't know, but <laughs> I've known him the longest. Um, so it's, it was really special growing up and having that full kind of life experience alongside him. Um, Hockey-wise, that's tough. There's uh, a lot of characters in a, in a hockey locker room, and I don't know if I could, uh, could pick one in specific. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the hockey one to rest. And then you guys had a chance to presumably travel to some other ballparks in the league. What was the favorite one that you had a chance to see and watch a game at? Oof. Um, I like, you know, what? I don't know if this is a stock answer, but I like, uh, I like fit and field, uh, Worcester, Worcester Bravehearts. Um, I think primarily because for specifically last year, a new team coming into the league and trying to see how things operate and should operate. Um, I think they are the model. Um, obviously their, their fan base is incredible and, and they do a great job, but in terms of really just having all their ducks in a row and knowing how to run a uh, futures league game, uh, being there, uh, felt just, you know, it's a great environment and a uh, great place to watch a game too, especially with the sun setting and left. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, so now what was your walk-up music either at Westfield state or if you had a chance to skate out to anything on the rink. I don't know. What was the one song that when you put on, you knew it was ready to play? Uh, I'm a huge Bruce guy, Bruce Springsteen. So um, those were my primary ones. I would kind of flip them uh, from year to year. I think uh, my senior year, I might've uh, put up uh, Hot Steppers by Yini Kamazi uh, to kind of throw a curveball at people. But uh, if I had to pick one, I'd say Bruce, uh, the boss. He's, uh, he's always part of that mix. And then favorite big league team? Oh, Tampa Bay Rays, bar none. Um, maybe a little bit of inspiration for our colors uh, when we were designing the team. But um, I've been a I, – I feel like I have to tell people this. I've been a Devil Rays fan before they were Rays. So I, I don't like people calling me a bandwagon fan. Devil, Ray, or Devil Rays, Rays all day. 
Walk us through that process, how you became a fan back in the day, because, you know, back in the early 2000s, the Devil Rays did not have that postseason success that they had that you saw maybe in like 2008, 2009. Yeah, I, I caught a lot of heat for that growing up. It was, uh, I had to try and fight my way into people getting why I liked the team. But um, the, the sh I guess the short story, uh, hockey guy, the first uh, hockey card that I ever got, uh, or goalie card, I, I should say, it was a guy by the name of John Grant. He was a goalie for the Bruins at the time. And uh, they traded him to the Tampa Bay Lightning in 03, I believe it was. And uh, from that point on, I, I, hated, I hated Boston for getting rid of my guy. So I went straight to Tampa, Tampa Lightning, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, um, Buccaneers a little bit, but I'm more of a Dolphins fan. Okay. I saw in your retweets, you uh, gave some high praise to the Lightning for their hype video that they put out, both on the video editing side and on the hockey side. That was, that yeah. was pretty impressive. They do great stuff. And um, what's cool for me is uh, part of what we do here is uh, we try to model some of the stuff we do after, after them. Um, you know, we try and emulate the best and uh, they obviously do a good job. So we, we do what we can to, to learn from their posts and their videos and, and try and uh, come up with uh, similar stuff. Is the dome at Billy Bones going up soon? Yeah, yeah, that's a work in progress. We're, we're actually building uh, rings A, B, and C right now. Obviously, <laughs> the C ring being a home run. Um, that one's going to hang just over dead center. And, uh, you know, the A ring is, you know, it's a ground – or B ring's ground rule double. We get, it'll, it's figured out. A ring's live, though. So if it hits that and bounces around, it's backyard rules. Okay, we'll buy it. And you know what? We're hoping for more postseason success for you guys than the Lightning. Hopefully, you guys don't get swept out of the first round. Oh, please, please. I don't need to hear it. All right. I'm sure you've heard it enough. Getting back into the questions, favorite big league player could be all-time or current? Uh, I, I like my catchers. Um, I've, I've always liked uh, Mike Zanino. Um, but if I had to pick one – uh, I loved Johnny Gomes when he was with the Rays. I know he's a, a Red Sox hit, but uh, for me, um, you know, I liked him prior, but no eight uh, with the brawl with the Red Sox and James Shield, Coco Crisp. Um, what's great about that video, if you watch that over, I think the second guy after the pitcher and the catcher in that brawl is the left fielder, Johnny Gomes. So uh, between all the guys that are on the infield, he beat them all to that brawl. Um, and and that, at that point, I realized what a team guy he was, um, aside from the theatrics. And, uh, you know, that I think I used to even do the, uh, the helmet waggle when I was a kid that he used to do uh, to emulate him. So Johnny Gomes is, uh, is number one. His helmet pun and beer punts were an inspiration. I loved, I loved watching him on the 2013 Red Sox team. So, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an easy one to pick uh, if, you, if you look back at some of those teams, for sure. A kind of player that any team could use in their locker room. What kind of bat and glove did you use when you played? Uh, I actually always used Easton. Um, I was an Easton guy, I think, you know, my entire life, even through college. Growing up, my neighbor, uh, his dad, uh, Steve Sutton, worked at Easton. Um, so he was uh, – he always pushed Easton on me and, and uh, was great in that regard. And I think, you know, when I first moved to Westfield and uh, he got me into the local leagues, I think he gave me my first glove and it was Easton. And uh, I'm kind of one of those guys that likes to stick to, to what I'm familiar with. And 
Um, I, I wore an Easton glove all the way up through college, and I think I still have a few lying around the house somewhere. Then what about cleats? What cleats were you lacing up back in the day? Uh, well, when Easton made cleats, they were Easton. Um, but uh, once they stopped, I don't know, the year, I switched over to New Balance. Um, I was a huge gear junkie. Like, I had to, like, really – I had to customize them if I could. And, um, you know, everything had to match between my sunglasses and my, my cleats. And I was looking back on it. I, I probably spent money I, I didn't need to on trying to make everything look good. But – I didn't hit, so I had to I had to at least look good when I was up there, you know. Understandable. How about a baseball nickname that you you've had or have currently? Uh, it's since uh, college. It's been Morsey. Um, I don't know how to spell it yet. I'm still trying to figure that out, but uh, it's kind of a combination. In, in hockey, you add a lot of Y's and IEs and S's to the end of names just to make them a nickname, and um, they just they add IE to mine. That's it, Morsey. Still is. Still, I still get called Morsey. I don't think anyone's called me Evan in a long time, besides you guys. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, what my name was. Someone's got to put some respect on that name. <laughs> so we, we're not calling you Morsey. That's out, that's out of the question. Yeah, yeah. You guys got to come up with something a little more clever. Okay. <laughs> All right, will do. How about any superstitions that you had or even have now as, the, as you're in your current position? Um. I think a lot for me, my playing days was all pregame based. Um, everything had to go on on the starting with the left side, whether that's socks, cleats, um, you know, wrist tape. That all went on. Left had to go on before the right, and uh, I had a pregame just kind of a stretch routine that um, guys still make fun of me for. I used to bring a soccer ball out and kick it around, and um, I think that was part of the hockey guy in me too that that brought that out. So. Um, that's really it. I, uh, you know, I didn't have anything that really was, was crazy. It was just kind of getting my doing things that way to get my body ready for the game. And then once I was in the game, it was just, you know, business as usual. How about a game day meal, your favorite thing to eat either before or after games? Uh, I, I, I'd like to say I was really smart with what I ate and was a good health guy, but, uh, post game, Buffalo chicken pizza at the dining commons was knockout. I mean, I had, you had to hope that they had it cause it wasn't an everyday thing, but if there was buff chick pizza, the <laughs> Westfield state dining commons, I ate like eight, eight slices. And I think I even grabbed it to go box and brought them home. Those, those were incredible. Um, pre-game, whatever, I was, whatever I could grab and go and get to the field was, was the least of my concern. Yeah, hey, you're hung if you're hungry, you're hungry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Obviously, they're not allowed this year, but bubble gum or sunflower seeds? What's your preference? Uh seeds. Yeah. Um, flavor. Probably nacho cheese. Maybe I guess I don't. I don't. I. Whatever. If they were there, that I was eating them. I didn't really care about the flavor. So. Nacho cheese has been a popular one, so that's, yeah. that's as long as it wasn't dill pickle. I don't the people that that do dill pickles. I got oh there it is yeah <laughs> dill pickle guy Owen Shadrick. I, I should have suspected it. Those those guys super suspect dill pickle. 
See, Evan, if you if you actually watch the podcast, that you would know that two episodes ago, I kind of bragged about that. Oh, see, you're you're sitting you're sitting at at 18 seats away from me at all times. Six feet has just been has just been pushed to 24. (laughs) I mean, if I remember, you were asking for some of my seats last year, but we're just gonna gonna, we're just gonna move on from we're just gonna move on from that question, (laughs) I guess. How about a favorite all-time baseball memory? Um, wow. Oh, so uh, my freshman year of, of college, um, we went to Cuba as a baseball team. Uh, we went for three days or three nights, four days, I think it was, played uh, two games, one practice, two games against the, the uh, team in Havana. Uh, I was actually at the, the stadium that um, the Rays had played a, a pro game at uh, a few years back. Um, so we, we did it well before they did. Um, we stayed in, in downtown Havana, Cuba, um, you know, did the, the tours and it was, uh, it was a surreal experience, um, just because it's, it's unlike any other world, um, that you've seen before. And when you, if you ever get the opportunity to go, uh, it's, it's like, you know, you're walking into a time warp, um, with the, the trade bands that they've had for the years past, um, some of the cars that are there. Uh, again, you feel like you're in the 1960s and you're, you know, buzzing around. Um, it's pretty cool, but just, you know, it's that's something that is already difficult to do for anybody. But, um, you know, the the opportunity to do that for us was just something I'll never forget. What was it like playing against a team from Cuba? Was there any adjustment in play style or what was that experience oh. like? Uh, well, aside from seeing 93 miles an hour from the left side for the first time in my life, it was it was pretty normal baseball. I think um, one of the funniest things is um, obviously you know not their English not not the greatest down there, and um, we try our first day of practice was kind of a meet and greet day as well with with their team, and uh, our second baseman um, traded gloves with one of the Cuban second basemen just to try out, or so he thought. And uh, practice for the Cuban team ended and the, the kid ran off with his glove um, because they thought he thought that they made an even trade and they were going to keep him. Um, so we had to chase that kid down and explain to him that, you know, he needed his glove for the, uh, the upcoming series. Um, so that was, I mean, that was kind of in terms of baseball. Uh, you just marvel at um, not only their commitment to the game, but um, the way that they operate and that they're just like, you know, it's it's incredible to watch it was a surreal experience and um you know like i said i'll never forget it and and i'm super thankful to to the university for for that opportunity well evan thank you so much for joining us today this has been awesome it was great catching up with you you guys open up friday july 3rd at new britain and you're going to be back at billy bones for the home opener on wednesday july 8th against worcester 6 30 p.m I'll be there. So excited to see you guys back in action. Once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. You guys do a great job and uh, look forward for many more of these down the road. Thank you so much, sir. This has been episode 11 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday, so make sure to subscribe. We're streaming on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. See everyone soon. Happy opening day!